0: Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. This morning I woke up. You know that time where you sort of wake up, you're awake, but you're not really awake? Yeah? Yeah? So I hope you're not in that stage right at the moment, okay? In fact, just stand up for me. Please, stand up. Come on, because I'm looking, anyone that didn't stand up might still be asleep and give them a nudge. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you this word just this morning that when I was in that state, it was actually, I believe, what God was putting on my heart was this very clear vision. And it was of a tap that was actually being turned on, but a person went to drink the water, but the first lot of water that came out was actually almost this lukewarm, hot sort of water. And as soon as they tasted it, they just spat it out and they went, no, I don't like it. And they, it was as if they then withdrew and refused to go back for any more water. And yet the water continued to come out of the tap. And then they were convinced, no, to go and take another drink. And they took another drink. And this time it was cool and it was refreshing and it sank deep into them. I believe this morning that for some of you, some maybe one or a few of you here this morning, you've actually reached forward and said, God, I want your living water. I want it living and flowing through me. But the first sort of drink that you had, you went, ah, nah. god didn't meet me at that point i'm wanting to say to you come back and ask him again for that living water because it is cool it is refreshing and it is going to sink deep into you it is life giving all right so father we do thank you for that word your promise of your living water that sinks deep into us it is life giving and refreshing father i pray that you would right now as we look at your word and share it together, that it would be life-giving in us and it would multiply a thousand times what's being sown. Father, that it would spring out from us, knowing that you, Lord God, who have called us, you are faithful. And so, Father, this morning, fill us afresh with that living water. Fill us afresh that we would drink, but also so that we can then share that living water with others. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please proceed. So for me, yesterday, I had the uh, opportunity to watch my nephew race his go-kart in the uh, national championships over at Ipswich. Now, for some of you, you're going to go, I could think of nothing worse than watching cars go round and round racetrack. Well, I had a personal investment. This was my nephew. Okay, and so he was, he along with these other guys, are racing, guys and girls, racing these go karts around this track out at Ipswich it speeds in excess of 110 kilometres an hour with their backside less than two inches off the ground. <laughs> now, who's ready to go and give it a go? Yeah, a few of you. And there's others that are going, there is definitely no way that's going to happen. Do you know the same response of, that is definitely no way that's going to happen? It's the same response I get sometimes when I say to people, "Hey, do you want to have a turn at service leading on a Sunday morning at church?" Uh, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's it's that sort of response because it's for many of us, it's that having to step out of our comfort zones into doing something that we are normally going, "No, I am not comfortable to do." We'll even provide the beautiful excuses of, "No, no, that's not my gifting." <laughs> we spiritualize it. Well, I'm sorry, but you know, when, let's face the reality, there's not many of us that like to have our comfort zone stretched and expanded. There's not many of us that like to be put in that place where we can be overwhelmed by fear or nervousness or even anxiety with the uncertainty of how's this really going to work out? And in fact, there are some people who will plead ignorance, isolation, or even push other people forward just to avoid being pushed out of their own comfort zones. So what does it take for you to step out of your comfort zones? Imagine this morning if I had a parachute and a ticket and I told you, hey, this is for you, you're going to go jump out of an airplane. Now there's some people that go, yes, bring it on. And there's others who are going, no, that's not going to happen. Why? It's stretching you out of your comfort zones. Well, let me give another example. Imagine if I said to you, oh, look, there's a new person here today. I want you to go and talk to them. Can I take another person with me? (laughs) Why? It's asking you to step out of your comfort zones because I know for some people, they can jump at it and it's not a problem. But for other people, it actually pushes them out of their comfort zones. What if God told you to go and to preach to a town that was angry and hostile towards God? Would you go? Well, Nineveh was such a town. And Jonah was told to go. Let's give another example. What if you were told you cannot worship God, you cannot pray at all, or if you do and get found out, you are going to be killed? Would you suddenly become a secret Christian? Well, Daniel... He faced that, and he then got thrown into the lion's den. Well, what about this situation? You have to lead a, over a million people. You are the person responsible for leading them, providing instruction to them. You are the one who also is going to have to lead them when they face big armies that are bigger than you and your army. Is that going to stretch you out of your comfort zones? Sometimes the very thing that we see as trying to push us out of our comfort zone, we see it as being massive, and we focus our attention on it rather than what we are actually going to gain or grow from it. And so because of looking at and focusing on whatever it is in terms of pushing us out of that comfort zone, our focus is in the wrong direction. And as a result of that, we never move forward, we never step forward, and we never therefore grow. And by giving a voice to our comfort zones, what we actually end up doing is create walls, walls of fear and control that we think are going to protect us. And our body language can be a great um, or a dead giveaway. For example, imagine you've got the person standing here and they're ready to bungee jump. And then they turn and they look at you and they say to you, You're next. And your immediate response is, I don't think so. What have you said? Verbally, you've actually communicated, no, I'm not going to do it. But you've also given a visual. You've crossed your arms. You've created a wall and said, it's definitely not going to happen. And we do that. And only this last week, I had great fun. I was watching, she's in the other room, so it's good. I was watching Jill. I love Jill. She's my wife, right? I love her. But I watch when she gets pushed out of her comfort zones. Her response at times was, and and in this situation, she had her legs crossed and her foot was doing circle work. Why? Her body language communicated, please wind this up, I am not comfortable with it. (laughs) Some of us feel the same way. We go, please wind this up, I do not like this conversation. I'm quite comfortable where I'm at. I don't want to move beyond where I'm at. We read in Numbers chapter 12 that there were 12 people who were selected from among the Israelites to go out and check out the promised land. This is a land that God had said, this is yours. They'd been told for years, this is your land. And so here they were, they arrived at the doorstep ready to walk in and Moses sends off the 12 spies. Now, for those who have read it, we're familiar with the passage, but if you're not, let me just share. The 12 spies went in and spent 40 days checking out that promised land. When they arrived back, they also brought some of the food with them and said, hey, look how good it is. But then 10 of those 12 spies suddenly got scared. And they circulated the reports among all the other Israelites saying, no, no, the people in there, they're bigger than us. They're stronger. In fact, they're going to crush you. Don't go in there. And so all the Israelites then said, no, 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 we're not going into that land, even though God had promised it to them. There was only two who had said, no, no, this is our land. God has promised us this land. Let's go take it. But because of those 10 who circulated that bad report, the Israelites then wandered for the next 40 years through the wilderness. 40 years because they refused to step in and take hold of the promise of God. 40 years because they've, it allowed fear and control to dictate, dictate their thoughts, their words, and their emotions. 40 years of walking in the wilderness. And as I was preparing this word, I actually felt this question. Have you ever wondered if there are seasons that we may walk in the wilderness because we've not been prepared to step beyond fear and control and into the land and the promises of God? It's a story told of a um, mining magnate who wanted to find a husband to his one and only daughter. And so he gathered all the bachelors of the town, and they all were there this one particular night in his backyard. For This young man, he walked into the backyard, saw the faces of many of his friends who gathered there as well, and, and noticed that they were all gathered at the side of this swimming pool, a large pool in the middle of this mansion of backyard And he went up to see what they were looking at. And as he peered into the pool, he noticed that the pool had all these creatures in it that wouldn't think twice about eating you alive. And he was like, what sort of bloke would keep a pool like this with all these animals? Really? And right at that moment, the mining magnate appeared before all of these bachelors on the other side of the pool. And he said to them, I have a deal for you to the man who can swim from that side of the pool to this side i will give you your choice of either 1 million dollars or the title deed to one of my most sex- most profitable mines or thirdly the hand of my daughter in marriage my only daughter it was then it was silent obviously for all those bachelors gathered there, they were looking at what was in that pool and every one of them was thinking, no way. The silence was suddenly broken by splash and the vigorous splashing of one man swimming from one side across to the other. And he jumped out the other side and huffed and puffed as he tried to catch his breath. Immediately, the mining magnate walked up to him and said, well done, my boy. That's fantastic. So, would you like the million dollars? and still trying to catch his breath this young man said no sir and the mining magnate then said oh so you would like the title deed to my most profitable mine and again this young man he said no sir and so with a the tear then it started to appear in the magnate's eyes he said so you want the daughter uh, the hand of my daughter in marriage and again this young man replied no sir And bewildered, this mining magnate looked at him and said, well, what is it that you want? The young man, he looked at the magnate, and then he looked across at all those bachelors on the other side of the pool, and he said, I only want one thing. I want the name of the guy who pushed me in the pool. (laughs) Now, the reality is that some of us, we actually need a push. We need a push if we're going to go beyond our comfort zones. If we're going to break down those walls that we think have been keeping us safe, that those walls that think us, that we, uh, you know, everything's all right with my life. I'm sorry it's not. God didn't want us just to be safe. He calls us to step out of our comfort zones and step out in faith. But the problem is that we become so comfortable, we have all our luxuries, push-button things and whatever else, that we actually then go, oh, no, 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 that's a bit too much. I won't step out. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not living life, and it's certainly not living the life that I believe God calls us to. And so we need to break down those walls of fear and control that for some we think they've been protecting us. In actual fact, they've been hindering our growth and us receiving the fulfillment of the promises of God in our life. And so today I want to just share with you from Joshua chapter 1 verses, from verses 7 through 9 and looking at the fact that Joshua, he was there on the doorstep ready to enter the promised land but in order to take possession of that promised land, he and all those Israelites that were with him, they needed to step out of their comfort zones and step in to see the fulfillment of God's promises. And so we read from verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. How many times do we need to be told the same thing before it finally sinks in? Once? Twice? Or lots more? In this one passage of a few verses, we see the same message repeated three times. To be strong and courageous. For Joshua, he was this military commander for the Israelites. He had already defeated enemies in the past. He'd had victory. It was he who was actually fighting the battle when Moses had to lift his staff above his head so that they would then have victory. So for Joshua, he was already battle-equipped and battle-ready. But despite that, he knew that by entering into the promised land, they were going to be facing armies, enemies that were significantly bigger, stronger, and maybe even uglier than them. These armies, were, these territories were occupied by powerful nations of people who were brutal, savage, wicked, and maybe even evil to the core. They weren't going to have any niceties towards the Israelites. In fact, they would have looked at trying to annihilate them. And yet Joshua and the Israelites were asked to step into that land. But for Joshua to have the victory, he would have to step out and be strong and courageous. Now, the problem is, we don't suddenly have strength and courage. Doesn't, you know, have this, we read it and go, oh, yeah, we had strength and courage. Great. All right. That's where, you know, God, you've said you'll have strength and courage. That's it. It's a bit like, I don't know if you've ever asked God for patience. But the phrase is, I wish, I keep asking God for patience, but I wish he'd hurry up and give it to me. You know, the fact is, it's not by a click of the fingers and suddenly we have it. You know, the same in this, although it's repeated three times about having to be strong and courageous, it's not as if God suddenly gives him this cloak and says, here you are, you've now got this ability to be strong and courageous. If we think like that, we're actually missing the point of this verse. And, uh, and the reason is, the Hebrew word for strong, it means to grow firm or strong, strengthen. Strengthen. So by very nature, the Hebrew word means that it is a process of growing strong rather than something that we just have at the click of a fingers. The other interesting part is that to be strong is always linked with to be courageous. Why? Word courage means to be strong, bold and alert. So if Joshua is going to be strong and courageous, he has to be on the going. While going, he grows in that strength and he is to guard that strength by being bold and alert. Put it in this context. You don't walk into a gym, do a couple of weights and go, woohoo, now I'm strong. You actually have to keep going for that repetition for it to have any effect. But as well as that, in this context, and what it's saying to us today, is that if we want to be strong in God, it's a continual growing in him rather than just once off and then I've achieved it. But as well as that, we have to guard it so that we are not then distracted by other things. We're not then led astray. We are not then railroaded. So we're being alert and attuned. So both being strong and courageous. For Joshua, he had great responsibility. He was leading the generation, this new generation, where the previous generation had feared to go. He would fight against armies that were both bigger and also stronger. And according to God's promise, he would take possession of that land. He would divide it among the Israelites. But for him to do this, he needed to be strong and courageous. But in being strong and courageous, God wasn't putting anything before Joshua that he knew Joshua would not be able to handle. But he was also then equipping him with his word. We read in verse 8 Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. See, entering into the promised land was not about just being strong and courageous there was a condition that was put upon them the three parts to this that they needed to keep the book of the law always on their lips secondly meditate on it day and night and third be careful to obey everything that was written in it now with each of those steps it carried with it a blessing that then they would be prosperous and successful but think about it in the opposite way the reverse That if they did not keep the book of the law always on their lips, if they did not meditate on it day and night and were were not careful to obey everything that was written in it, then they would not be prosperous and successful. It was conditional. But these three three instructions, I have to say, they are very easy to say, but the expectation of them was far greater. The first one, keep this book of the law always on your lips. It meant that it did not depart. It meant that when they actually were in conversations with one another, they were speaking words of love, words of blessing, words of hope, words of instruction, because they were actually speaking the very words from the book of the law. They were filled with it. But The second part carries a far greater understanding. Meditate on it day and night. On the, on the surface, the Hebrew word for meditate, it means to utter, to mutter, to speak, to murmur. But the word in Hebrew, the word meditate in Hebrew, it's made up of three letters. And the first letter gives that definition. The second letter means to look, to behold, to reveal or experience. And the third letter means to chew on or the moving of a mouth but almost inaudible. So if we put all those three letters together, what we end up with is to meditate on God's word day and night, that we speak and murmur it in order to look and behold so that we can chew on it in order to experience it in all of our life. Let me just go that a little bit further on that one. That we speak and murmur it. We don't read it in our heads. We actually speak it out loud. Why? If you look at Jewish tradition, they actually speak it out loud because they say when you are speaking it out, you are declaring it to be. So when we speak it out loud, we are declaring the promises, we're declaring God's word. So we speak and murmur it in order to look and behold that we're not just glancing over it, we're actually taking it in, It's letting it like as if it's soaking into our, our actual skin. Look and behold so that we can then chew on it, be like a cow, chew, 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 you know? Chew on it in order to experience it in all of our life. Not just parts that we're happy with, but in every part of our life. So the reality of or the implication of that we can't snack on God's word and think that hey I've done enough and so therefore I should be prosperous and successful Joshua and the Israelites were commanded to meditate on it both day and night so snacking on God's word be it once a week or when we feel like it it's actually never enough It certainly is not enough if we're going to fulfil the third part, which was to be careful to obey everything that is written in it. New King James Version translates the phrase, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. The Hebrew, it actually uses two key words. The first one is observe, which means to keep watch, uh, to keep watch, preserve. And the second one is to do. It means to do or make. And so what that means is that we keep and watch God's word in order to do or make something of it. It's not something we just read and then we're gone, but there is actually growth and life that flows out from what we've read. That we actually retain it so that we can actually then share it and we can actually then continue to reinforce it right throughout our day. They're not just words that we read on a page, but they are to do and make something from it. In actual fact, another way of saying it is the growth in our life is seen by the time that we spend meditating on the word of God. Because God's word, it wasn't given for our instruction, it was given for our transformation. The final result of keeping the book of the law always on our lips and meditating on it day and night, being careful to do everything written in it, is the promise that we will then be prosperous and successful. I have to say, too many people want the prosperity without the obedience. Success and prosperity actually comes after obedience. And as a sticking point, this isn't a verse that you use and go, here's the prosperity doctrine. It's right out of context because the word prosperity in this context is the same word that was used back in Genesis 24 when Abraham said to his servant, I want you to go and find a wife for my son Isaac. And the, the, the servant went off to this place, went by the well, sat down and prayed to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. Please grant me success in this journey and help there to be a woman that when she comes and I ask for, for a drink that she also then waters my camels. Shortly after that, Rebecca comes up. And he says, can I have a drink? And she goes, oh, and I'll water your camels too. He immediately again says, Thank you to, thanks to God that you have made my journey prosperous. Obedience is following God's commands. And verse 9, it finishes with God's command. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you Go. For the third time, Joshua is commanded to be strong and courageous. But this time, it is directly linked to two phrases. Firstly, do not be afraid. And secondly, do not be discouraged. The outworking of the strength and courage is a victory over fear and discouragement. Feeling fear, feeling discouragement at the moment? What do you need to ask God for? Strength and courage. So Joshua, he was about to face these many battles as he entered the promised land, battles where the enemy was bigger, stronger, more experienced in battle. And God told Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. The battles may look bigger, but your God is bigger than them. And to help Joshua know that he wasn't facing these battles alone, he was assured the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God gave Joshua the promise of his presence wherever he went. Do you realize the significance of this? That for Moses, when he was meeting God in his presence, he went into the tent of meeting or he went up to the mountain. God is saying to Joshua that he's going to be with him wherever he went in the tent or out of the tent, up the hill, down the hill, wherever he went. He's being assured of God's presence with him. The favour of God that was upon him. See, when we face battles, what is our response? Do we withdraw into our comfort zones and go, no, no, it'll go away soon? Or can it be said that we are strong and courageous? If we're not strong and courageous, then what is it that we are giving into? Let me put it another way. What lie are we believing is bigger than the promises of God? Fear and discouragement, they are conquered by being strong and courageous. It's not about in our own strength. It is in God and his promises. His promise that he is with us and he'll never leave or forsake us. Those same words were uttered by Jesus in Matthew 28. Pastor Paul, he talked about that last week. You know, that verse, you know, from Matthew 28. And uh, the one he put on the board, it said, Lo, I am with you always. There's a pastor who got on a plane one time. He had a nun sitting next to him and he could see this nun. She was very nervous and, and so forth. And, and he said to her, hey, I'm a pastor. It's all right. Jesus promised to be with us always. And she looked at him and she said, oh, dear sir, I am sorry, but you are gravely mistaken. And he said, oh, I'm sorry? And she said, yes. If you read it, it says, lo, I'm with you always. They were on a plane about to take off. The reality is, it's not just when we're on the ground, it's wherever we're at. Jesus' promises to be with us always. I know, some need of that explaining, but anyway. God, the God's promise to Joshua that he would not leave nor forsake him, that he would be with him in providing his presence, but also the promise of strength and courage to him right throughout this journey and the battles he was about to face. That same promise is given to each one of us. That no matter how many problems or tough situations or difficult people or terrifying trials that we face, the promise is God is with us. That we walk in that strength and courage, to walk in strength and courage indicates the battle may still yet be before us, but it also indicates where our trust lies. We'll never step in to receive the promises of God if we do not step out from our comfort zones. God promised Joshua the land that wherever he placed his foot, he would receive that land. What is the land that God is promising to you? What is the land that God has said, I want you to step out and take this land? Now, it may not be a physical land, like it was the promised land for the Israelites, but it may be something else. And God has given, been giving you the promises he's been saying to you. You need to step out and take hold of this. And you keep withdrawing and saying, no, no, no. But, and providing the excuses. Oh, but what if, what if it doesn't work out? And, and what if it you know, all goes wrong? And and what if, and you convince yourself that you're actually safe where you are. And you don't move beyond it. And again, that same thing, that same promise, God keeps bringing up to you and going, do you know what? Here it is again. I'm asking you to step out. And he keeps bringing it back, and you keep and you keep pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down because your comfort zones are too strong. Well, they're not your friend. It is time to wave goodbye to the comfort zones and to step into the promises of God, because God has a land He wants you to take hold of. What is that land? Well, it could be different for multiple people here. Let me share with you some of the ones that God put on my heart. That land that He might want you to actually step in and take authority over, and in His power and authority, could be mental illness. Healing, physical healing, family reunion. Maybe it's about starting a family. Work promotions, employment, overcoming sin, because you keep giving in to that same temptation. What is the land that God is calling you to step into? For some of you, you're still partnering with fear and it's time to let go of the fear and the control because they're not not gifts that God has given you. The gift God is giving to you right now is here is my strength and my courage, and I'm wanting you to take it. I'm wanting you to guard it, and I'm wanting you to take possession of the land that I have called you to. I truly believe that we have not seen many breakthroughs because we've refused to step out of our comfort zones and into what God has called us to do. I believe that there are people who have yet to come to faith in Christ because we haven't bothered, we haven't been willing to step out with strength and courage. Instead, we've prayed, please, God, send someone to them that they would actually know you. God has called each one of us by name. What is the land that God is calling you to step into? He's providing His promise, He's providing you to be strong and courageous. What is the land? Now, for some of you might be sitting here going, yeah, I actually don't know what that land is for me. I keep asking God. I've I've been sitting here waiting. Well, stand up is my first encouragement. Stand up, stop the apathy. Stand up and actually go, I'm taking a step in faith. Now, whether you've received a promise of God or not yet, firstly, take the step of faith. It could be, hey, God, in accordance with your promise, I'm taking that step of faith. Or it could be, do you know what? Holy Spirit's just prompted me to take this step. I'm taking that step. But do you know what, God? I now want your promise. What is your promise? Because in knowing your promise, it's going to help me to be strong and courageous. To be strong that I can overcome whatever battles come. And I'm going to be courageous because I'm going to be able to guard against them so that they do not derail me from what it is you've set before me. And by being strong and courageous, see God bring the victory. It's not in our own efforts. It is God who will bring that victory. But what he asks of us is to step up, to take a step of faith and to see him bring the victory. I feel, I'm not finishing yet, because I do feel that there's some here this morning that are actually needing to take that step, to step up. And say, yeah, I want to take that step of faith. I want to be strong and courageous. And it's time I took that step of faith to take the land. To take that land. I, I Actually, firstly, I'm just going to pray for that, to be strong and courageous. All right? Just let, let me pray for that over us. Father God, we do thank you for your word to Joshua and the Israelites, to be strong and courageous. Father, they are the same words that you speak to us right now, to be strong and courageous. And in being strong and courageous, it's not looking at the lives of others around us and who might say something or what if someone looks at me. No, that's not what's important. Our relationship with you is what is most important. And so, Father, right now, I pray that you would just stir in each one of us to be strong and courageous. For some, you've given them promises in the past, but those promises have have almost waned. God, ignite those promises again. Set them alight. Set them on fire. Help them to see that you are true to your promise and that you are still fulfilling your promise. But what you've been waiting for is for them to step up, step out of comfort zones, Father, for some here this morning, that land that you're wanting them to take authority over, I believe is mental illness. This is the first one in terms of mental illness. So while everyone's got their eyes closed, if that is you, I want you to stand. This is a land that God is giving and saying, I want you to take authority over it. It's no longer to dictate your life, but rather he's wanting you to have authority Right, so Father God, we thank you for those who have stood. And so today, Lord God, we declare in the name of Christ Jesus for them to have the strength and the courage to stand that where in the past their knees have been weak, where in the past they've, the thoughts have, have been troubled or even disillusioned or even defeated, today we declare a fresh anointing upon them of your victory over this land of mental illness that has debilitated God, we declare today a victory over them in the name of Christ Jesus, a restoration of heart, of mind, spirit and soul and body, every part of their being in the name of Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We declare, Lord God, a victory that of being strong and growing from strength to strength to strength, but also of courage, partnering with it to guard against that which in the past has brought them back and they feel like they're defeated because they haven't moved forward. God, give them that awareness, give them that strength, grant them that vision, but also, Lord, we pray, fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, fall on them now. In Jesus' name. Uh, family, Family reunion stuff. If there's family dynamic, been troubles in family, turmoil, And you're wanting to see that land of actually healing and restoration in family relationships. Please stand. Yeah. Father God, we do thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who formed us. You are the one who sewed us together. You are the one who knows how he must be. And when there's families that are just torn apart by disagreements, by misunderstandings, even by bitterness and unforgiveness, Father, it just is heartbreaking. And so today, Lord God, we believe that you, Lord God, are the, the one who's saying step in and take hold of this land. A land to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring forgiveness to bring, Lord God, a healing of the years, to bring blessing for the future. Lord, oh, Lord, we pray that you right now, in the name of Christ Jesus, would break away the cloud that actually hinders and has created distrust and also a mix of emotions that has hindered people being able to step in and bring a reuniting of relationship. Father, we pray you'll blow that cloud away. Wipe it away now that instead there would be communication with understanding where people are loved and valued. Lord God, that you would restore that, but you would also put such a burden on people's hearts that those who maybe in pride have said, no, I will not change. Lord, that you would melt that pride away in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, that you would bring healing and transformation to these family relationships, that you would restore them, And Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that there would be such an amazing celebration because of the triumphant work of Christ Jesus to bring healing, forgiveness, and restoration to each one in these family relationships. God, we pray also a divine wisdom and revelation from you to fall upon each one of them, to know and to guard their thoughts in not having to pre Plan what the thoughts are, but rather that when they speak, they speak your very words that actually demolish the strongholds and set people free. Lord God, restore those relationships today in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, have a seat, please. Um, (laughs) Employment. If you're looking for a job or if you've been overlooked in a promotion, please stand for me. Yeah. Yeah. Our Father, you are our God who promises to help us to prosper and be successful. And as we've just learned from your word, that prosper is not about monetary growth, but it's rather that you go before us in that journey and you open up the doors. And so, Father, we pray right now in terms of that employment, that you would open up doors of employment, but doors where it becomes an incredible blessing and it becomes one where it's like, by the grace of God, this has been made possible. Yeah. Father, that where employers at this time may have been going, no, we're not accepting anyone. Instead, they were turning around and go, but we want you. Lord God, that your favour would just rest on each one right now in such an intentional way that while everyone, every other person who would apply for that, it's like, no, no, they're disqualified for whatever reasons. But for them right now, those who have stood, that instead your favour would just be resting upon that an employer would look at them and go, oh, we can see the blessing you're going to bring to our organisation. But also, Father, for those who have been overlooked in the past, for promotions, hmm. because of yeah, I get the word a corrupt, a corrupt um, procedure that took place beforehand. Father, first all, we pray for your healing of that that bitterness and that injustice. But now we also ask for your double blessing to come. That's your. Your favour would now swell upon that person with all wisdom and insight and understanding that people would be able to, if those who are in those positions of authority would be able to say, I know we overlooked you here, but we've got this, which is of greater importance to us. Lord, that you would raise them up and that you would be the one to bring that favour and those open doors. We thank you in Jesus' name. Um, I've got one more, actually. Personal setback, which has actually almost hindered you from being willing to step forward in case the same thing happens again. That personal setback where you've retreated into a cocoon and said, no, I wouldn't be going to step out again. Look what happened last time. If that's but you, please stand up for me. That personal, where there's been even a personal attack against your own integrity, against your character, against your name. If that's you, please stand. Now, Father, you say that you are the vindicator. You're the one who knows our heart. And you, Lord God, are the one who declares, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so, Father, whilst at times we put such an emphasis upon the opinions of others, Lord God, today we declare it is your words that matter most. And so we speak your words over each one who has suffered that injustice, that victimisation. We cut those ties right now in the authority of Jesus Christ, those lies that have actually hindered those people being able to walk forward those lies of defeat and destruction, those lies that have actually brought people's own self-worth into question, we now break every tie in the authority of Jesus Christ and his shed blood. We declare, Lord God, your victory and your truth to now sow in and be cemented in place so that they are able to now, as the words of Joshua, to be strong and to be courageous, that they can grow in strength and strength and they will not be weakened, their legs will not be taken out from under them because they're able to have that courage to see where the enemy has tried to take them and they're able to stand against it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray you right now would bestow upon them a, your name that you give to them. Your name that says you are mine and I love you for who you are. You are my child, you're my heir, you're my ambassador. And nothing is taking that from me. Father, we just pray your blessing over them. And we thank you. Yeah. Can you stand with me, please? Now, yeah. Father and our God, we do rejoice in the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. And all your promises your word says a yes and amen. And so, Father, this week, as we go into the week, and as you call us by name, you call us to step step out of the comfort zones and step in to your promises, to step into the land that you're calling us to take hold of, to step in to praying for people, to step in to praying for healing and miracles. Lord God, to to pray that the the lame would walk, blind would see. Those with the the sore back would actually be healed and restored and and be able to walk freely and bend and even touch their toes that they may not have been able to do in years. Father, that you would help us to step out of the comfort zones and step in to seeing your promises fulfilled, the land being taken, that as we walk in that being strong and courageous, knowing that you, Lord God, are with us. You go before us, with us, and behind us, and we thank you, Father God, for your blessing upon us. Lord God, give you His peace. Lord God, fill you with His love, and Lord God, just envelop you by His Spirit to guide you in your steps, that you would have divine encounters to speak God's love and to bring the, and see the transformation in the hearts and lives of others as they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior.